Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. We are back after an exciting weekend of the Premier League returning to action. Indeed. It was a fun one. Good start to the league. I'm I'm pretty happy. I think you're pretty happy, right? Yeah, so let's let's get into it. Friday was the first game. It was Arsenal against Crystal Palace. A pleasant 2-0 win for Arsenal. I'm happy. Um, we did not yeah, lose. Do you, have, do you have anything anything you want to say about about the win? I didn't watch this game. I was actively at the beach in California. <laughs> That's valid. But, um, um, yes, I very closely watched the first half and then had to, I wasn't able to watch all of the second, but um, I mean, we look good. I think that our team is getting there. We still have a couple of weird injuries. So we were playing like a three, five, one, one. We were playing like an odd lineup, but mm-hmm. our back line is fine like that, but we'll be resuming the normal four, three, three, I think soon. Um our new signings are good. Thank you for Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus. Much appreciated. Um, finally having a potentially good number nine is nice for an Arsenal fan to see. Um, I mean, the question always is, is like, can Arsenal sustain anything like this? Like, do they have the capacity to like play like this and like, you know, not like lose to the stupid teams and like not mm-hmm. be able to play with the big teams? Um, I will say. I think in terms of that, this is a really good start for them. Crystal Palace, I think, is one of those teams that historically yes. they would Arsenal would play down to. Um, not having watched the game, uh, but having you know kept an eye on some preseason stuff and been keeping track of it, I really feel like they look like they are headed in the right direction. I, wood, I will please, say, but yes. I, on you. wood. Um, but I will say, like, not only our predictions um, for the top four at the last last week. Um, but I was also looking at some of the, the professional pundits predictions and more than one of them did have Arsenal in that top four as well. Yeah. So this is not, um, I don't think completely outlandish. I think they're definitely going to be particularly given the state of some other teams, which we will talk about. Um, but I think, I think we're going to see a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a battle battle for the top four in a way that we maybe have not seen recently. Um, yeah. And Arsenal, I think is, absolutely 100% going to be in that mix um and I think they're going to um I could see them them performing fairly well in European competition as well I was going to say yeah I mean sad that we're still in the Europa League um we weren't in anything last year so Mm -mm. I will say I feel like it's a it's a nice stepping stone having been out of European competition for a couple of years um and particularly with with the kind of young players that they have um I think they could, I think they could perform really well in there and it would be, and you know, it would be nice, particularly if they end up in, you know, if they finish top four, they win the Europa League or whatever, where they end up in the Champions League next year. Um, It would be nice to have had that. It will be nice to have had that a little bit lower stakes um, higher, you know, level European competition this year for their their, everyone. Like I completely agree. I know everyone like really wanted the top four last year and like, it was disappointing how we lost out on it. Um, but honestly, like we should have been pretty happy with a Europa League finish. And it's like, 
we're going slowly, which can be annoying as a fan, but sometimes is best for the team. And I do think that they're maturing and growing and gelling together. Yeah. Which will lead to longer term success. Yeah. I was going to say it it definitely from an outside perspective, um, as someone, you know, I mean, to a point, an outside perspective in the sense that I, I tend to follow everybody, particularly the big clubs, particularly closely, but, um, you know, from a, from a non-fan perspective, it definitely looks like they are under Arteta building a long-term project. Yeah. Like this has, and even, I feel like this was true even from two years ago, like it, since they brought Arteta in, it has seemed very clear to me that this was not that he and Arsenal upper management, everybody's on the same page that this is a building project um and is going to produce results and I think we have seen it produce results I think if you look at the arsenal today versus the arsenal three years ago um you're we're talking you know apples and oranges here you know a big big improvement and I do think that I think that what what we've seen with arsenal and that some other clubs which we'll talk about later are failing to do is built for that long-term success. They're built, it's a project. It's not just a, we want to win this, this year. It's a, we want to build it so that we can consistently challenge for titles over a long time. Exactly. Yeah. I also have not had a chance yet to watch the like Amazon, the episode, the Amazon documentary, whatever thing yet. I plan to. I'd be interested to watch that as well. I think it's last season was so tumultuous. I think it's actually Mm going to be quite entertaining to see like the yeah. flip of the switch around like Christmas yeah. time. That um, could definitely be very interesting. I would, yeah. you have to let me know how it is. I'm going to, yeah, I haven't gotten to it, but I'm planning to. So I will update everyone once I've watched some of it. Um, but All yes, right. good start to Arsenal. Let's, Let's move, move on, on to Saturday. Fulham, Liverpool, first surprising and pleasantly, uh, I don't know, like uh, nice results <laughs> from this weekend. Fulham two, Liverpool two. Um, this is so funny. Looked so flat. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna full disclosure. I everyone know everyone who listens here already knows I'm a Liverpool hater. That's not news. Um, but um, although I will say, Rachel, I've been I was much more active on our Twitter this weekend, and I did gain a couple of followers. Oh, nice. So there might be some some new people listening. Hey, um, hello. If you somehow, if you're new. I'm a, I am a card carrying Liverpool hater. Um, She's also a Man City fan that we haven't said that yet. So just so you know. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we would get to that eventually. I'm going to talk about them for ages. Like I always do, but I'm a card carrying Liverpool hater. Um, but I will say I did not watch this game. It was early in the morning, my time. So I did not, I did not get up for it. I did watch um, it. <laughs> um, but I just want to say something. And this is, yes, Liverpool hater talk. Here's what I'm going to say. I have not paid all that much attention uh, to Darwin Nunez. I haven't either. Because I'm not super concerned with him, right? I will say I've seen some funny memes (laughs) about the fact that... um, that apparently, and again, if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know I did not watch the Community Shield game because I... Uh, was otherwise occupied, so I didn't watch it. Um, but I didn't know until this weekend that apparently when Darwin Nunez scored in the Community Shield, he ripped his shirt off and like- Oh yeah, I saw that. I watched Which that. no one mentioned to me, but is actively hilarious. Um, 
Yeah. And apparently, all I'm going to say is I have not watched him a ton as a player. I've heard he's very good. He's obviously scoring goals. I, I have nothing against the guy as a player yet. <laughs> I'm sure yet. it'll come. I'm sure it'll, it'll come. come. <laughs> I, I'm sure I will become a hater over time. All right. But I have not yet established what it is I hate about him. Um, <laughs> I got to pick something, you know, um, whether it's arbitrary or not. But I will say, <laughs> He's, and this may become the thing I hate about him, um, but it is not yet because I do not yet have hatred in my heart for him. I got you. Um, he seems very dramatic. <laughs> like, is the, the, the energy I've been getting from other fans of various teams on the internet and even Liverpool fans is that like, this man was like brought to tears by scoring in the, in the community shield. Hey, which sometimes is, you need that type of passion on your team. <laughs> that's that's objectively hilarious. <laughs> like, so we'll see like how this develops over time, but um, I got my eye on it. And I'm gonna talk about it again a little bit. Actually, fuck it. I'm gonna talk about it now. Um, because everybody, you know, up the wazoo is it's everybody talks about when you talk about Liverpool, you talk about City. When you talk about City, you talk about Liverpool. We're talking about it's, them now. We had we had a plan though. No, no, no. This is a very it's not, oh, okay. it's not the game. It's very specifically We're not about get derailed. This. I'm not gonna get derailed. Continue. It's a very specific thing. And I think because when you talk about one, you talk about the other. Um, you do at least. Inevitably. Well, no, everybody does. I'm joking. I'm just just inevitably. When the, both those teams sign a new center striker, you inevitably compare the two, right? Yes, Holland, Nunez. A hilarious comparison, one may say. Which I, I agree. I think that, I think it's pretty clear by this point in, you know, he's been scoring a lot of goals. I, he's a good player. I absolutely, he seems like he's a great signing for Liverpool, but like, let's not act like anybody was like slaughtering, you know, foaming at the mouth for him last year. Um, the way they were for Holland. So like, you know, we'll, we'll calm down on that, but that's not really the point. That's really not the point I'm trying to make here. The point I'm trying to make here is everyone is like, oh my God, he ripped his shirt off in the community shield. Do you know what Holland did after he scored this weekend? Yes. The No, 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 no. Oh. In the post-game interview. Do you know what he did? He, he cursed. He said he, he said he played a bit shit. Yeah, I know. And then he said shit again after that. It was fun. Yeah. And then he said shit. Sorry. <laughs> But because Holland is also very much known for sh- shitty interviews, but it was funny. No, we'll talk, we'll talk we'll about more about Holland more. and his performance but when we yes. get to the city game. But I, I just want to say, like, there's a real big like demeanor difference in these two, like personality difference in these two players, it seems to me too, just to add to the add to the drama of it all. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, I'm always happy to see Liverpool drop points. It's funny, particularly and when it's to Fulham. I will also say though, Fulham did look good. Like they did, they looked like yeah, but but still, no, no, no. I'm not, it, I'm just saying like Liverpool didn't play well, but Fulham did play well. Like they should okay. receive like credit to them. They went up twice. Yeah, full in that credit. Game full credit to on. Fulham. It's yeah. still funny as hell that uh, Liverpool drop points to Fulham on cool. the first week. Yes, I love it. Um, Love to see it. Um, Also dropping points to a newly promoted team. Aston Villa lost 2-0 to Bournemouth. Yeah. Actually, I just saw a stat. Bournemouth scored the fastest goal ever of a newly promoted team in the Premier League. Interesting. Yeah. Um, From, I watched the Leeds game during this time frame. Me too. So I, again, did did not watch this game. 
Yeah. Um, but it sounds like Aston Villa wasn't looking too cute and Bournemouth, but Bournemouth was particular looking particularly good. I think um, that Bournemouth looked very good. They were also at home. I think that boosted yes. them, but they actually, yes. well, I watched highlights and they look like people were, people were seem to be impressed with the performance, I but I think say- like, it's worth noting. I think that newly promoted teams sometimes do come out quite strong in the beginning of the year. They're yeah. riding on the high of the promotion and their home games and everybody's excited and it's a big thing. So we'll see how it progresses for, for both Fulham and, and Bournemouth, but um, good starts for both of them. Honestly. I will also say Bournemouth had had a slight history of not doing that badly in the Premier League and until they like surprisingly kind of, I think, got relegated. Well, they've bounced, they've bounced back and forth. So they've been a going back and forth the last 10 years. Not as much so. as Fulham, but they've stayed up a little bit. I think it'll be interesting. I think they have a decent chance of staying in if they want yeah, to. We'll yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I want I to skip the Leeds game and do the other two okay, and okay. then come back to that one. Newcastle, the other Nottingham two. Forest. Are yeah, you watch also, this. I think this this looks about right to me, what I might have expected from this score, this, um, score line. Nottingham Forest. Um, Newcastle is a project that we're going to see develop over the next couple of years. And I think that's expected. Um, and we'll kind of see how they perform, but I think Newcastle will be happy with the result. Nottingham Forest will obviously, you know, be disappointed to, to lose their opener, but um, again, Newcastle at home um, yeah. Yeah. and they're a building project. So nothing, Not nothing too shocking about that one. Um, Spurs, Spurs beat the living shit out of Southampton. I would like to say um, the most interesting thing here with Spurs, which may not be good as an Arsenal fan, but would be good if you're a Spurs fan, is I think this is the first time Tottenham has scored four goals and neither Kane nor Son have been on the score sheet. Yeah. Um, In and fact, that's, and, and, that's very and not only good. that, but only out of all of their they four goals, so out of the assists as well, um, there's only one goal contribution across goals and assists from either say Son or I think or it's Kane. from Son. Yeah, it I is. It's, a, it's an assist from Son. I think so, um, yeah. But that is, I mean, if you look at them last year or even the last couple of years, but particularly last, last year, all of their goals are Son to Kane, Kane to Son. Yep, yep. Almost overwhelmingly. So I think if you were taught a Tottenham fan, you are real happy to see some of this being spread around because it was definitely the kind of scenario where had Son gotten hurt or Kane gotten hurt, they struggled. Um, and this yeah. is particularly Kulishevsky's looking like a, well, um, his position is threatened. So I, they have a lot of new signings, all of whom were really starting on the bench this game. Yeah. Um, and the people who hypothetically might be losing their spots all played very well in this game. So clearly the competition is going to maybe work for definitely Tottenham a little. Definitely. Um, so we'll, and, and just also, I mean, it might just be Conte like, Oh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. So um, Tottenham definitely looks, I mean, again, one game in, but Tottenham is looking significantly better than they were last year. Um, And just a little bit like perhaps they've dealt with a bit of their depth issues, which I I think think, um, barring two or three clubs in the Premier League, that is most people's problem um, is a lack of depth or where people sort of run into issues can be the lack of depth. Um, and I think Tottenham looks like they have, they have at least made an attempt to address it and, and have perhaps been successful in that. We will, we will see how the season unfolds, but if yeah. you're a Tottenham fan, you're probably very, very pleased um, yeah. with the performance in that game. Yes. 
let's circle back to Leeds Wolves because that's the one that's the one we both both watched watched and we're both greatly entertained by I think yeah aka Brendan Aronson aka Brendan Aronson um I am you know I've always paid attention to Leeds a little bit because I like Leeds um but I think I and I think I don't just speak for myself I think I probably speak for most fans of their Premier League who are also fans of um, U.S. soccer are paying particular attention to Leeds this year, um, given the arrivals of uh, Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams. Um, But if you are, and if you are a U.S. men's national team fan or a Leeds fan, um, you will probably be very, very pleased with both of their performances this week. Um, Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Brendan Aronson contributed to both goals. Um, The first goal was, was largely contributed to his high pressing the second goal got stolen away from got him. Stolen but... away from him. And he said post game, he's like, it hit my shin. I believe you, Brendan. It's your goal. It's okay. He got to celebrate um, in front of the fans. So yeah. Um, and I something. think, and I think he's and, and Tyler Adams also, I think it was, I, I don't quote me on this because I'm remembering a statistic I saw a couple days ago and you. hoping it was the right one. But I believe. Um, Tyler Adams covered the most ground in the Premier League oh, this weekend. That would, that would, if that, that stat is true, that's a good stat. Um, it was either that or he like he had the most something that was like that. Something but I'm pretty that. sure yeah. it was most ground covered. Nice. And Brendan Aronson, I believe, had most like um, like most chances created or something. One of those oh, other sort of yeah, like yeah, um, yeah advanced statistics was also was a Brendan Aronson statistic and it might not have been chances created but something like that it was another offensive advanced statistic um was Brendan Aronson's um so I I think both of them have settled really really well um at Leeds and Wolves is a good team too like Wolves yeah um top 10 so so to yeah they're usually in the top 10 um and they're they're a tough team they play really well they're very disciplined usually um, so to pull out, and this was a, this was a tough game. It was, was very, Leeds were very on the back foot for much of the second I was going to say half. like the first like 30 minutes, even it looked like it was going to be the same story. Leeds has no defense. Wolves is going to run over them. I will Whatever, say, like, I thought like season. their, their defense performed very well in the second half. I thought yes. they, the second half they, complete they got kind of pinned in, they got kind of pinned in, but I thought they defended very, very well. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of particularly impressive blocks from Leeds defenders. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit specifically about Tyler Adams, because I think he is an understated player. Yes. In the sense that Which you do that not always notice him. is. Yes. In a way. It, you don't necessarily notice him if you aren't watching for him. Um, and this is true of all sixes. If you aren't looking at a, if you don't have a sort of longstanding understanding of the game, um, or if you don't pay particular attention, it's easy to overlook what a difference um, that position makes. But yeah. but I thought his just sort of movement defensively and, and getting in the way and putting out the way he sort of prohibits teams from transitioning quickly um, yes. is, yeah. is, I think, largely what his, his, he's best at. And that is what his role is at Leeds. That's what Jesse Marsh wants from him. Um, and I, it's nice to see them both getting starts and playing and playing full games and, and, and doing, seeing good minutes. Um, I, they, they feel like, you know, they're looking good. I'm happy to see it. You know, I, I'll be excited to, to see how they continue to perform going forward. Aronson, 
and particularly looks um very comfortable I feel like yeah yeah um he looks like he has settled in settled in quite nicely um and I could see him I people talk a lot about the physicality of the Premier League which is not incorrect um but I think where they where they get it wrong is when they talk about the physicality uh of the Premier League in relation to a player's size um like physical size which I don't think is, I, yes, talk about the physicality of the Premier League. It is absolutely, the, phys, the way they use their physicality is different than other leagues. That's absolutely true. But I think there were some comments about Adams as well, but particularly Aronson being small. Um, and I think if you, if you did still somehow subscribe to small players don't perform well in the Premier League, which I genuinely don't know how you could, but if you somehow did still subscribe to that, I think that, um Aronson is is not having any issues on that front I think he is yeah. just the way that he moves both on and off the ball um yeah it just yeah they call him the Medford Messi Wait, is that a thing yeah he's from Medford New Jersey they call him I, Medford I know where he's from I know I didn't know that that was a thing I oh, think yeah, it would be they, a little bit too early to make that comparison well but I, I think the idea is he's like the Jersey version of Messi which is like off-brand you know what I mean like very, I think that's very, the idea very off-brand he, that's but, okay, but if you were gonna say like who is the of the U.S. men's national team players who plays in this in a style most similar yeah, okay. to Messi that's absolutely valid. it's Brendan Aaron yeah, yeah it's, that's is valid. he is he Messi absolutely not no, I just think <laughs> it's funny. It's does, is he I the same style of player? He is. And that style of play of player is is unaffected by size. Yes. I feel like. Yes. Valid. Completely agree. Was the point I was making. I got you. I got you. Leeds, good job. Keep it up. Yep. Last um, Saturday game, Everton Chelsea. Chelsea which was uh, honestly I'm a gonna very be honest, boring ass game. Neither of these teams looked good. I will also say Timo Werner has now officially left Chelsea and is back to Leipzig. So yeah, there's that. There's that. Um, I, I did see something interesting um, on Twitter today, actually about Chelsea. Um, I somehow have landed in the Twitter sphere of like Twitter tacticians um, where they like break down stuff, which is really interesting. Some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. Um, but I did see an interesting, it was a discussion particularly of Chelsea's midfield and Raheem Sterling. Um, and it was about basically a bunch of clips of um, the types of runs, basically, that Sterling makes um, and that Chelsea does not provide that type of service going forward. And somebody in the comments pointed out that it was the same problem that Werner had in yeah. that the types of runs that he makes and Sterling makes um, are, the, are not the Big type down. of balls that Chelsea's midfield wants to play. Um, and I think that looks to be true and they're going to need to figure that out if they want it, because I feel like they've had issues. One of their biggest issues has been connecting their for connecting their forwards to the rest of the team. And that issue stems from the midfield transition. So, and I think I have mostly good things to say about Mason Mount. I think he's a very good player. I like him. Um, but I do think like Conte's job is not to do that. That's not what Conte's no, job is. Not his job. Um, Conte's job is to cover the entire field and get the ball away from everybody. Um, but Jorginho is not, does not play those types of balls. And I think Mason Mount is capable of playing those types of balls. I just don't think that's how he's 
it doesn't yeah. seem like that's how they're coached. Like they're, they're tactically, it's almost like they're getting the, the forward line and the midfield are getting different tactical instructions. Um, yes. Because there was just clip after clip after clip of Sterling making runs and nobody passing him the ball. Yeah. And yes, that's a part of the game is to make runs that you don't get service to. Um, that's part of, of but it just looks like the types of runs that he's making, the types of balls that Chelsea's midfield is playing is not on the same, not on the same page. And this all stemmed from, and somebody made a, made a good funny joke about, um, you know, Raheem is used to uh, being served balls by Kevin De Bruyne. Um, yeah. And he's no longer being served balls by Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, being said, it's Chelsea... Chelsea have it seems looks to me like Chelsea have all the pieces um yeah and and haven't gotten them to click yet so we'll see that that could be that could be a matter of time um particularly if they uh they're sniffing around Frankie de Jong right now so I think he is that type of passer yeah so he could he could definitely help that if they do sign him which we're not going to get into because who the fuck knows what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I definitely have thought about in terms of, of Chelsea, but Everton, Everton, Everton. <sighs> I mean, they, it was not helped by the fact that they had a defender go off injured very early and then another go off injured in the second yeah, half. Yeah. Two center backs gone. Not great. <laughs> not great. Um, but even then, like, it, it, it just neither it was a boring game uh, nothing happened during it it was a boring game yeah I was doing a lot of my laundry during the game I, I was, was like bored. not even paying attention but I it was, was on, on. The TV it was it on. was on it was definitely on I, I can hear really it yeah, yeah yeah it was not um, I'm I haven't watched Liverpool play live this season so I I'm, I am basing this somewhat off of um last year but I'm the Chelsea team that I saw on Saturday was not one that I am particularly concerned about inserting themselves into the Liverpool City title race I don't think so either no they could improve but not no yeah things it's a long season things even longer this year yeah it's a long season things could change but yes I that's my my initial evaluation of uh of Chelsea um, moving on to Sunday, not a ton of games. Um, Lester Brentford tied. I did not watch that. This game. was Do you have Les- any thoughts? Brentford came back from 2-0 down to tie it up. Um, and the second goal was one of the goals of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, a nice like curving ball into the far corner of the net, also in the 86th minute. Um mm-hmm. Brentford looked very good in the second half. I didn't pay, like, I didn't watch that closely um, mm-hmm. because I was watching the United game, but I know that, that that Brentford had a nice comeback. Love to see it. Good stuff there. Um, speaking of good stuff there. The other game. Man, you. <laughs> Hell yeah, Brighton. <laughs> Hell yeah, Brighton. Man, um, you I want to pour up. one out. I want to pour one out for the, uh, um, the, the employee who runs the Brighton Twitter account. Um, if I ever see you, my guy, if you ever listen to this and you ever see me, I want to buy you a drink because 
the tweet post game was dirty. It was dirty. I loved it. If you didn't see it, the Brighton Twitter account tweeted post game. And just like Brighton, your city is blue. Savage to say the least. Which is incredible. Um, but suffice it to say, Man United continue to look like the hottest mess. <laughs> the hottest of messes. So hot. Also, I will say they started Ronaldo on the bench because, you know, he left a game early in preseason. Um, yeah. Because he, the, well, he the was not the solution is, when he came on he either. Very, so he was not, well, he was never going to be this. He wasn't the solution last year either. But no, the funny thing clearly. about Ronaldo to me is that he very clearly wants to go somewhere else, but nobody no else one wants, wants him. him. And Man United don't want to like just let him leave because they want to like try and, you know, get some money. My mom actually had a thought that he should just come to the MLS. Someone would pay for him there. Uh, do, pull a bail. But here's the problem. But not Ronaldo to has too much of an ego. Not, he well, would never do that. No, but also not to get political, but there's some, um, there's some legal things that might, uh, might this interrupt an MLS true. move. Yeah. He might not want to be able to come to the U S he might not want to be in that. the U S well, I don't think there's anything that's like a hundred percent going to happen, but I think it's, there's like, if he is in the U S there's a higher chance, higher chance something could happen. of some, of some him running into some legal issues. So I do think that might be contributing to the, uh, the lack the of an MLS move, but also I do think it, there's an ego, ego. I well, mean, that's speculation, read, obviously. Some, but, some um, maybe BBC dude, Sky Sports. I mean, Bale is like, fucking it up. Well, obviously, I mean, we all knew that he was going to do that. Yeah, he was just but, like, I need to play before the World Cup. But yeah, I that's absolutely. Ronaldo, like, you know, it's like I want to be in the Champions League. Yeah, but you're not going to be in the Champions League. No Champions League team. I, I like realistically what champions league team is going to take him usually no i'd say psg but psg Maybe has chelsea a wants a new striker line. that was a joke chelsea, yeah that's yeah that was a joke oh my God, what if he wanted no, to but like what? wait but i thought that psg had like floated the idea that messi was like absolutely not maybe that was just a rumor well here's the thing psg who is he gonna displace mbappe neymar or messy no no one exactly like you have you just and and then psg is as much as they love to throw money at people you're telling me they're going to pay the salaries of those guys and and ramos and you know every other person that they have on their astronomically ridiculous squad like no i i don't they're I mean, not I mean, going I to take that really salary on to him they, they don't there's no need for it but i mean like realistically like what champions league team have? Bayern have Mane now. No, they don't need, they don't need. No one, no one. No one Real needs Madrid him. doesn't want him back. Also, he's going on 37. Like He's just not that good anymore. He's, <laughs> he's too old. He's too old. There's not and enough not long-term profit from him. He wants to be not worth. worth the price tag he wants to be worth. So I, I don't know. I think he's just going to have to suck it up and be around man you this year and we'll see what happens next i mean i don't i don't know i have to say your prediction last week had them ending in the top four would you like to amend that i mean no because i just said it i said it just to be yeah uh you may turn out to be be a genius we don't know i said it just to be subversive (laughs) um so no, I'm not, I'm not going to amend that. Do I believe that will happen? No, 
did I, am I sticking to my guns from my predictions last year, last week? Yeah. 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 I'll stick to it. Hell yeah. I don't need to rewind my words. I said what I said. All right. I'll, I'll take well, my subversive predictions. It will be interesting to see what the hell happens with United. Um, but as we wonder about their capabilities, their uh, neighboring team, the blue team of Manchester, um, looks like how we all expected them to look. Would you like to say more? I would also say- Are you letting, are you setting me loose? Are you setting me loose? Are you setting me don't loose? Don't go on for that long. Like let's, oh, let's cap it at something, but like- we Okay, can talk okay, about the game. but I got some stuff, I got some stuff to, yeah, it's all game related. I got some stuff to talk about. Okay, so I, think okay. there some, I think we actually saw some really interesting things um, in this game. Um, in relation to you texted me about one of them um or no it was my dad just kidding the um, no the weird fullback thing where they're yeah, like in the we're gonna, of the field I, yeah I want to talk about that but I want yeah, to talk about Holland about first um because Holland uh, obviously is the headline um scored two goals earned a penalty scored the other um both of them were were and I think it's interesting um to talk about both of Holland's goals not only in the perspective of that he scored two goals um but in the perspective of both goals yes one was a penalty but how he earned that penalty um and the second goal are both very if you are familiar with holland if you've watched him play before at dortmund they're both very holland goals yes that little darting run that he made when he earned the penalty to get through there he does that he loves to do that what he he did when he scored he loves to do that. Yeah. He's going to do it. He's going to, you're going to see him do that continuously. But I think what's interesting about seeing that that's how he scored is that clearly there, there were tactic sessions involved and, and discussions about how do we fit Holland into the city system? Because yes. I will say as a city fan, yes, there were changes and we'll talk about the fullbacks in a second, but it still looked like city. It still was the possession and the slow and the build and the and then I think what Holland adds you is that is an even quicker of a trigger, um, because I think even last year City would would almost look like they were doing nothing. They'd just be passing the ball around, and then all of a sudden they're in their box and the ball's in the back of the net, right? Like yeah. that's kind of how City operate. And I think Holland in this game just added another a more direct dimension to it. But also, like I think there's something so impressive about Holland's movements off the ball that is truly he is very gifted he has all sorts of physical gifts obviously he's a goal scoring machine he's a big he's big he's strong he's fast but he's an intelligent player um and I think that sometimes gets overshadowed by how much of a monster he is like physically but if you watch what he does when he's not on the ball he's a really intelligent runner and when you have players like Foden and Cancelo and Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva when he plays and, and Gunduan and Rodri and the outside back Kyle Walker. Um, when you have all of those guys that can play balls through, frankly, even Ederson, I bet you, I will put money. I would put money on an Ederson to Holland bowl sometime this year. Yeah, it could happen. Um, um, I would, you know, so I think that the way that city city are such clinical passers and Holland is always making the run. Um, you don't, somebody made a comment that was like, De Bruyne doesn't even have to look up. He can just play the ball and Holland will be there. And I think that's obviously an exaggeration, but true, um, in that the way that he, his off the ball movement really complements city style in a way I think that people overlooked. Um, and I think you could really see it in that game of how, yes, he was making runs that he wasn't getting the ball at, but unlike what we were talking about earlier with Sterling, 
he did sometimes get the ball. And I think that's important because even when the, the defense is going to, the defense can't collapse around Holland because who yeah. else do you have there? Then you yeah, just have, yeah, right. you know, five other world-class players that are going to punt that did just fine without Holland last year. So yeah. I think it just adds another dimension, dimension to the city attack. Um, but let's talk about, let's talk about the, the most interesting tactical, um, which is the fullbacks. Before I talk, do you have things you want to say about the the fullbacks? No, I mean, I just think it's interesting, right? I mean, they basically their two fullbacks were center midfields. I mean, just about. They were almost playing like a two, three, five. Mm-hmm. That might not have been right. But some some, you know, something like no, that. No, they were almost playing a two. I mean, I think it against was... a team like West Ham, it works. It almost right. Just it was about. like a two, it was like a two, one. Two, yeah, five, one, three, one, almost. Okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I, their their front line is so cohesive at times, though. Yeah, it's it's really it a seems front line. very much you're, like it's you're, five. You're correct. It's really but that a front is just line. like kind of the feel. Um, no, absolutely. But I think that it's a. I mean, I think against like a team like West Ham, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously that might not be the tactic against a better team though I'm not West Ham is a good team in my opinion um but a team maybe with some more explosive like so, wings mm-hmm. it would be but they also like knowing Pep they won't do that in that scenario I think that but it'll yeah. be interesting to so see. I I do think it's a it's definitely a change um previously in the season you've seen the fullbacks pinch in centrally 100 but it was usually only one of them at a time right Either Kinsella yeah, would, would pinch exactly. in and, and Walker would stay out or Walker would pinch in and Kinsella would stay out. Um, what we saw in this game is that they both pinched it together. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was reading some interesting things about the tactics of this and, and essentially um, how, and, and some speculation that part of this comes from the fact that Stones and Laporte are both hurt right now yeah. um, because Stones and Laporte are the strong center back passers. Diaz is, I love him. He's a fantastic defender. He's not as good of a passer going forward, right? So what this allowed, and Ake is the same. So what this allowed was for them to defend and and Walker and Cancelo, who are both good passers, to pinch in and help sort of like do that. But also what they did is constrict the midfield that they're playing against. They They give them no options. Um, And the way that West Ham is set up, um, they completely isolated uh, Antonio, Mikel Antonio, um, and Diaz just bodied him the whole time. Um, and so, so it was definitely a tactical setup that I think will work against many teams, but like you said, not all. And I do think we will see games where we switch back to only one pinching at a time and it will be a depending on, you know, I think when they play Liverpool, for example, I don't think they're going to do that. No, because I think that, I mean, frankly, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think any midfield in the Premier League is better than City's midfield. But, you know, the the speed on the outside and the way that Liverpool plays, you are exposed if you don't have Kyle Walker on that wing um, yeah. and them on that outside. So I, so I just think, like, I don't, I wouldn't expect them to pinch in quite as much against somebody like Liverpool right. or even maybe Chelsea. But I do think we will see it again. And I think it's really interesting. I think it's... Essentially, you have Rodri playing behind the two fullbacks. Yeah. What we basically saw was Ake, Diaz, Rodri in front of them, and then Cancelo and Walker in front of him, 
and then your front five. I will say about that front five, it did rotate a bit less um, than we've seen last year. And I Mm -hmm. do think part of that is because Holland as a focal point is not doing any rotating. Um, But I actually noticed throughout the game, the rotation began more. People at the beginning, um, Graylish and and Foden stayed very, very wide. and then sort of as the game went on, began to, began to drop more into the into the midfield behind Holland. But what I also really like about Holland is that he drops in as well. He will come back and, and you know, get in the way or retrieve a ball or or make himself available with his back to goal. And I just think he's a he's a more intelligent player than people give him credit for. And I do think he fits the system. It looks to be fitting the slightly modified system. It to me, the way that they play didn't look substantially different from last year. Yes, there were some changes that were interesting. We could talk about them all day, but I think ultimately this is the same city we've seen the last couple of years, just with yeah. some minor tweaks. And Pep makes minor tweaks every year. Yeah. Um, just I think people are paying a lot of attention because of the addition of Holland. Yes. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see how that tactic evolves. Yeah. With the first game, you might not keep Absolutely. it all the time, but it clearly um, was effective against West Ham. I also want to see, um, I also want to give a little bit of credit to Jack Graylish because a lot of people are still, are still, you know, ragged on Apprehensive. him. Apprehensive. Didn't, didn't score goals. I don't think really City fans, but other people are still ragging on him because he didn't score goals or have any assists in, in the game. Um, but I think that, again, takes away from, from what he's doing. I think if you watch the game and you watch the way he moves and what he does, he, he makes a lot of, he causes a lot of problems for West Ham's defense in the game. And he yeah. opens up a lot of space for Holland to do what he does. Um, yeah. I think it was when he earned the penalty, when Holland earned the penalty, there was a run shortly before that, that Graylish had made that pulls the defender so that Holland can make that run. Yeah. And like, right. yes, that's a little bit more intensive of watching that you have to do in order yeah. to, you know, catch those sorts of things. But I think like, we're going to see, I, I do, I maintain that I think Graylish is going to have a very good year. Um, and this, yeah, I maintain that. Do you know my revelation about Grealish I had? He looks like what? Jamie Tart from Ted Lasso. Walls. My, you want to know hair, something funny? His like weird hair, like you want to know something funny, Rachel? Back by a headband. Looks this like. is my ego talking. Um, but I firmly believe that I could pull Jack Grealish. You put me in a room with Jack Grealish, I could pull. No comment. I don't I believe that. I. Fr- you keep toxic trait, that. my red flag, perhaps my delusional thought of the month. I don't know. I yeah, think it's, I that. it's definitely that you think I'm delusional. You don't think I'm hot enough to pull Jack Raylish. I'm not saying that you're not hot. I'm just saying I, that seems a little bit unlikely to me. No, is it unlikely I will ever be in, in the sit in a okay, scenario okay, yeah, where maybe I the could? situation yes. is so far. I'm saying if I, I was in a scenario it. where I was with Jack Raylish of some kind, I think I could pull. I think I could. Is that how we're going to end podcast this time? <laughs> with that statement. <laughs> with, uh, I think she could pull Jack Grealish. <laughs> um, no, I have, I have one more thing I want to say about Holland. Yes, please, um, sorry. Um, I, I think that, you know, we've said lots of, we obviously we've talked a lot about Holland today and we're probably going to continue to talk a lot about Holland because, you know, that, such is the nature of things. But um one of my favorite things about Holland, and we talked about this in a, in a funny way earlier with, was his post-game interview. Um, yes. my, one of my favorite things about Holland is his attitude. Um, I, yes. He is quite simply 
never happy with his own performance. Um, he always thinks he should have done better. If he scores two goals, he thinks he should have scored three. If he scored three, he thinks he should have scored four. If he scored every chance he got, he would think he should have done a better job of getting more chances. Um, like he is never happy or he's not that he's never happy, but he is never satisfied with his own performance. He is never satisfied that, that he, he is never content with what he has done. He is yeah. always saying, I need to do better. I need to get better at this. There were pregame interviews um, or preseason interviews where he's, they were like, well, what can you get better at? You're so good. And he's like, I can get better at everything. I need right. to get better yeah. at everything. He I want to get better attitude. at everything. Yeah. I think he is so, I, I mean, obviously I don't work there. I don't, I don't know, but I firmly believe that he comes early. He works his ass off. He stays late. He works his ass off. I just, I know his attitude. And I know that Pep loves that shit. Yeah. I know Pep, that's like Pep's, if Pep could build a mindset, that's what Pep, cause that's Pep. Yeah. Pep is, yeah. it's always gotta be better. There's always gotta be improvement. I wanna see people do better. I wanna see everybody do better. Um, everybody can always improve. I can always improve. Um, and so I just think the Holland, the Holland mindset fits so well with how Pep views that sort of stuff that, that, and I think that's so important for a, a player that is as successful as Holland has been as young as he is. It is so important. And I think it is so incredible that he is not done. He does not think he's good enough. He thinks he has more to do yeah. still. He thinks, and I think that you honestly couldn't really blame him if he didn't. I mean, he's got what, 86 goals in 89 games? Like, yeah. you wouldn't blame the kid if he was like, no, nah, I did I did good. I'm very happy with my performance this day. I scored two goals. But no, he said, it was a bit shit. I should have scored a third one. Yeah, yeah. I, I It's a good mindset to have. And it's definitely, you know, it's gonna- I like it a lot. Motivate I like it a lot. other city players to have the same, that same type of mindset, right? So yeah, like, I think, I think it's want. a good, I think he's a good addition to the, to the club culture. I think he's a good addition to the locker room. Um, he seems like he's a fun guy. seems like he gets along with the rest of the guys. De Bruyne commented something funny on his Instagram oh, I today. That. I don't that know if you saw that. Yeah. That was funny. But you know what I mean? Like, it seems like, it seems like he's gotten along well with Jack, um, Graylish. It seems like he's, and we know Jack Graylish is good buddies with Phil Foden. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it also seems like he doesn't have that big mesh well to yeah. like really like equate the like the figure that he really is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it allows him to be like well I'm just one I of you I'm not this yeah person. I think I'm because he's got that attitude of yeah. I need I need to always do better than I'm doing right now right. exactly he doesn't come off as an ego case and you know yeah. you never know what's going on behind the scenes but he always comes off as very authentic to me in in, yeah. in interviews I mean and I think if he's person in interviews he's probably not thinking that hard about what he's saying before he says it so I you know, maybe I'm, you know, buying into the PR stuff of it all, but it, it seems genuine to me. Um, yeah. And I just, I really, I really like his attitude. I really like it. Um, and that's honestly, goals aside, my favorite thing about Holland is, is that work ethic and that attitude. Mm. Um, and I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that develop over, over the course of the season. I wanted a hat trick for him, but it's all right. It's okay. It's only um, the first game, man. You can't get too greedy. Yeah, but he did have a hat trick off the bench for his debut for Dortmund. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I know. I know. I'm just boo-hoo for you. <laughs> boo-hoo for me. He always scored two goals. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll we'll be excited to see what he does next week. Um, 
and it's just the start to the Premier League and all the other leagues are starting up. So we're, we're getting right on back into it. Um, Jump and back it in. Exciting. Let's go. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.